So I might have made a bad decision by giving some of the kids slime to play with during chapel. And I was like, Dad, just listen, just don't get it in the carpet and don't get it on the pews. So I was like, if I say it, then I'm off the hook, right? Like that's, that's how most people think. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see how that works. And if I'm here till midnight, picking slime out of the carpet. Tonight is a holy moment and you can hear it. If you pay close attention, in the Old Testament, the priest's job was to define the holy from the unholy for the people. And the holy moment tonight is, it's baby Julian, right? First ever worship service. And he's here. And it makes me think of all of the holy moments that have happened in this place. Somebody made the cross that's on the wall. And it was years and years and years ago. And then they hung it. And baby Julian doesn't understand that yet. But he will. Someday. And when they built this sanctuary, they put the podium where the preacher would speak off to the side because they didn't want anything to take away from God. And they would put the Bible and the cups and the communion stuff up here all representing Jesus, but the preacher would, would never be up here in the middle of the stage. The preacher would be over here because we're not going to take away from who God is. And as you can think about how churches have evolved over the years and the shows we put on, we're in a holy moment with all of the things that are happening around us. And we're with the cloud of witnesses who've gone before us who are still teaching us today. If you're going to do a service, Rod Tucker, you don't get to stand up there. You, you, you need to honor what people who've gone before you have taught you. And so in this Advent series, last week was time. Very sciencey for those of you who were here. And this week is faith. Next week will be hope, and faith and hope are similar, so I have to be careful to not only talk about hope when I'm talking about faith tonight, but my hope is to blow and stretch your mind a little bit. Because the way that we've been taught to think about faith in church is to think about it in relationship to our relationship to God or our salvation or heaven or hell or healing or not healing or something good happening in my life or versus something bad happening in my life or something not happening in my life versus something bad happening in my life and oftentimes it's said that this is all about your faith I just God I need more faith I wish I had more faith. I prayed for this and it didn't happen, so I don't think I had the faith, which gave someone an idea that they could write a book about how to have more faith and everyone would buy it. So they wrote that book and then everyone did buy it, but it never really touched on the reality of what faith truly is. And for some of us, that faith journey has been completely hijacked and we don't even know it. And so tonight, this small group of people at Edison Chapel will know the thing that no one else in the world knows about faith. 
I'm just kidding. I'm going to share some different thoughts. And if you agree or don't agree or think I need to think about that, then please feel free to do that. We first get to learn about faith from Abraham. That's where the idea of faith comes. And, you know, faith doesn't come with Adam and Eve. It comes a little bit with Noah, who built this ark on faith. But literally, like, according to that story, God said, build an ark. Noah said, okay. It's, it, you know, it's pretty simple, like God was, was saying that stuff to him. But with Abraham, you have this guy who's leaving entire generations of how everyone thinks about the gods and stepping into a relationship with a different type of God who's more relational, and he has to do that on faith. So when we, when we find ourselves in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the faith chapter in the Bible, we read in verse 6 that by faith, Abraham, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he had no idea where he was going. And by faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him, because he was looking for the city which God was going to build. I shortened that a little bit. For him, the promise God was going to give to him. But when we're taught about faith, because that's what this says in Hebrews 11, God told Abraham, go to a place that you've never been to. This is faith. Step into something that you can't see yet and trust that I'm moving just below the surface to make everything happen for you. But you're going to have no idea most of the time and then it's going to work out. Hey, Abraham, welcome to faith. But when we first learn about faith, it's usually a preacher saying faith starts with Abraham, but... It's the moment when God tells him to kill his son. And it's like, would you have the faith to kill your child for God? And we're all like, no. But in the church service, we're like, yeah, let's get pumped for Jesus. And it makes no sense. And that's because the story of Abraham about to sacrifice Isaac doesn't have a lot to do with faith. It has a lot to do with the fact that all of Abraham's former generations killed their kids and sacrificed them to gods. And God wanted to flip that script and say, we're not going to do this anymore. So God told Abraham, go sacrifice your son to me. And Abraham was like, okay, I know how to do this because my grandpa did this. So I know exactly what to do. Let me load my donkey. And even Isaac was like, hey, I know how to do this. this is, I, I, you know, these, are, these are the stories of how God blesses us. So this is, they're just like robots just going through the motions. They get up there and God says, wait, time out. That's not how we're going to do it anymore. And so the story changes. It's not, that's not about faith. That's about God saving the day so I'm not sacrificing my son to whatever God of the day I think I am. And aren't you thankful for that, Xander? Yes, you are. Faith is when God called Abraham to step into something new that he couldn't see. And Abraham trusted that God was moving just below the surface. Which is why, friends, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, 
Paul, or the lady who wrote Hebrews, is kind enough to give us the definition of faith so that we can begin to work with it, which is this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith is being certain of what you hope for, assured of what you hope for, and certain of what you do not see. So, can I have your permission to try to break this down? Thank you, Megan. Megan has given me her permission. When you hope for something, you are not wishful thinking. You are hopeful that something will work out for good. We don't often hope for a new Chevrolet. We often wish for a new Chevrolet. We often want a new Chevrolet. We often go into debt to get a new Chevrolet. But we don't often hope for that because when hope enters the scene, we're dealing with something bigger, something of a greater magnitude, something that holds a larger gravity to our lives. And when we're hopeful, we're seeing something that we know we, we, in our own power, with our own hands and our own fingers or our own words or our own influence, can't necessarily change or fix or transform by ourselves. We need something outside of us to enter into that situation that is probably not great and make it good. Hope usually involves the question of, God, will you breathe your life into this? Somehow, hope involves a, a kind of, um, I need this to happen so bad that I don't care how it happens. And I don't care if the end result looks exactly like I think I want it to look. I just need this to turn out good. And next week we get to talk about how hope does not disappoint us, which is going to be awesome. Because half the time we're hopeful, but we're disappointed at the same time. And some of that is because we don't fully understand how hope is impacting our lives when it is. So half of faith is being assured of what we hope for, knowing that hope doesn't disappoint us. And the other half is certain of what we do not see. And this is where things get tricky because when we're taught about faith and what we learn about faith growing up is, is oftentimes very shame and guilt filled that says something is supposed to happen in the future and if you have enough faith for it, it will happen. There's something that has been a struggle inside of you and you don't think that you're wired right or you're made right and you just need God to fix something and if you have enough faith, God will do it. And if you don't have enough faith, well, bummer. Well, that, that makes, if we think about it simply, that makes you God and God nothing. And if God is, is a genie who only operates if you have enough faith, then God isn't God and you're the linchpin holding the truck and the trailer together. And, and, and we're taught that. And because we're not God, we live most of our relationship with faith soaked in shame, wondering why we 
don't have enough. But that's not what faith is. Faith isn't future-telling and bringing an exact scenario that you hope for into existence. Faith is being assured of what you hope for, that, that God is going to bring goodness into this. That you might not understand. Last week we talked about how two-dimensional beings paper people don't understand three-dimensional objects. They, they see line, 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 and they don't understand a shape because they're two-dimensional. We're the same way. We won't understand how God is moving fully, and so when we hope, we die to the reality that we need something to happen a certain way, and we trust that what God is going to do is going to be gooder than the way that we think it's supposed to happen. I can say words wrong because I have the microphone, and it makes sense. So we're, hope is trusting that God will do it gooder than the good that I think it should be in believing that that can happen. But faith is that plus certainty in what I do not see. Certainty that just under the surface, something in the invisible that I cannot see with my eyes or even understand fully if it were to prevent itself to me is happening. And that that thing is making things good. Assurance of what I hope for and certain of what I do not see. This is when we start to talk about the kingdom of God. Dallas Willard writes about the kingdom of God is what is happening just below the surface. The kingdom of God is what is happening right, just, it's like there's a, there's a thin veil, it's right there, you can't see it, but it's causing things to happen in your life that you would never be able to explain or understand. And every once in a while, when those things poke through and they present themselves to us, we, we have to come up with long explanations like we backtrack and we try to use hindsight to figure out, well, this happened, so it must have been this and then this and this and this and this. But the moment that it happened, we realize that something was happening just below the surface. And when we become certain that things are always happening just below the surface and that those things that are happening just below the surface are God moving through His Spirit in our lives even though we can't see it, now we're engaged in faith. So faith isn't, Lord, please help me believe that this thing's going to happen. Faith is, okay, God, I'm ready to acknowledge that whether I like it or not, or whether I believe it on any given day or not, I want to acknowledge that you are moving just below the surface, that I am certain that there are invisible things happening in my life and in this world that are causing your goodness to reign and causing my hope to burst. If those invisible things weren't happening, you couldn't hope because there would be nothing for you to lean on. If, if, if interventions haven't happened in your life that seem invisible and unexpected and weird and good and out of your control to the point where you've said, I did nothing and I don't know why, if that's never happened in your life ever, then you have no capacity to hope. But if, but if 
for some reason, even though life is hard and you get smacked around and people lie to you and people hurt you and people tell you you're messed up on the insides or the way that you think or the way that you feel or the way that you love or the way that whatever, if people are, it, it, all of the different ways that we get hurt, if in the midst of that, if at any point in your life, something below the surface has moved and, and caused you to believe and be certain for a moment that God is an orchestrator of things, that He's ultimately a protector of you, that He's a deliverer of, of, of the imprisoned, that He's a binder-upper of the brokenhearted, if, if some stories you've heard have, have, have exclaimed to you that in some way we must be certain in what we do not see, now we have faith. The problem with this sermon is that I'm not telling you how to have faith, I'm telling you that you do. I'm saying you have it. Whether, whether you think it right now or not, you are certain of things not seen. Because your experience agrees with the ways that you hope. And you wouldn't be able to hope unless you had a certainty buried in you somewhere. And that certainty and that hope aligning themselves together to cause you to trust that even in the worst situations, something's going to work it out for good. That God made this universe to bend toward good so that you can be healed and so that you can forgive and so that you cannot carry around everything that's dragging you down all the time, but you can slowly get lighter and lighter and lighter as your life goes on, then you can know this is what faith is all about. And you can understand that that's what it was about for Abraham. Not, do you have the faith to kill your son? No, because I'm not crazy. But, but to have a belief that there's something under the surface that's going to stop that from happening and cause goodness to reign is how we deal with faith. Friends, you have faith. You don't need more faith. God hasn't given some people a little bit of faith and some people a lot of faith. I know there's a verse that says everyone's given a measure of faith and in a capitalistic society we compare and we give each other trophies based on how we feel about who's been given what. God's given you the faith you need it was a gift it was free and you're certain that God is moving under the surface in your life because of the hope that you have that it's all going to work out and guess what I don't want to spoil next week but it's all going to work out and so that's where we find ourselves and Julian is here hearing his first sermon about who he is, not what he needs to do or get or come back next week, Julian, and 
will give you another secret. You have the faith. And faith is important during Advent when we're beginning to celebrate the coming of Jesus in baby form. When God moves into the neighborhood and puts on skin and says, I'm going to be like you now so that I can slowly teach you how to be like me. Faith is important because you are being made like Jesus and things are happening below the surface all the time to make that possible and we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge what is real and what has happened and what is happening. And so for me, things happening below the surface looks like this. Tuesday morning, I went to our little park that we had totally destroyed, taken down the playground with an excavator in the hope that we would make something beautiful, but having no clue how to do that and not knowing where the money would come from and knowing that if we do this, we're going to run into hurdles that we don't know how to jump over, but maybe... Maybe, 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 and no, 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 not maybe. In fact, I'm certain that, the, that God in the invisible will move and make things happen. So Tuesday morning, I drove to the park at 11 a.m. and met a man named Art Mulder, who I hope he doesn't sue Edison Chapel because I just used his name without permission, who got out of his truck, who owns a landscaping company, and I told him, you're in what used to be the most violent part of the neighborhood. He said, I know. I said, the Edison Neighborhood Association gave us this park. He said, that's cool. I said, we have an architect who wrote up plans for free. We don't know how we're going to do it all, but we ripped this thing out and we think we need it landscaped and graded. And, and Art said, yep, we'll grade it for you. We'll bring in topsoil if you need to plant grass. When it's time to put a pavilion in, we'll bring the sand in. We'll flatten it out. And he was really... He was really selling himself that he could do it all, which normally someone would be like, great, but I was a little freaked out because I was like, we don't have the money for this. And so I interrupted him and I said, we appreciate you doing all of that. We have to do this piece by piece because we need to raise the money each time we do something or at least make sure that we've saved it in Chapel's budget. And Art said, oh, no, 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 it's, it's free. I will do it all for you. I just need to know your plan. We'll, we'll grade it. We'll make it flat. If you want grass, we'll bring in all the topsoil. When you're ready for a pavilion, we'll bring in all the sand. You just need to let me know and we'll take care of it. And I had a moment that some would call faith. And it, it wasn't... It wasn't a realization that I had this strong understanding of God so that I could make something happen with my own words or fingertips. I had never even met the guy. It was an acknowledgement and an understanding that God just gifted me faith. Because God gave me the gift in that moment of being certain that he was moving just below the surface. And because he was moving just below the surface, my hope meter went from 5 to 25 that this park is going to get finished 
and that that area is going to be one of the most peaceful areas in our city for families to come together and spend time together cooking hot dogs and playing on playgrounds and building relationship and that the Hayes Park of old it will be the Hayes Park of peace where people will come when they need to feel safe and where they need to experience relationship. And I knew all that's going to happen. And I know my hope's not going to disappoint me now because God in that moment made me certain that he was moving just below the surface. When is the last time that God gave you the gift of faith by showing you that he is moving just below the surface. Because in that moment, your hope shot up. And that's not something we do. I will never preach you a sermon on how to increase your faith. I will tell you only this. God is increasing your faith. That's what God does. And if you feel like you're losing your faith, be ready because things are about to happen that will make you certain that stuff's happening just below the surface and your hope will shoot up. And that's a little bit different understanding of God than you guys need to have the faith to be able to sacrifice your children. God needs to be more important than your kids. No, no, no. God would never ask that. He's giving you the faith by creating moments where you become certain of things you can't see so that your hope that does not disappoint can rise and rise and rise because the last verse of Hebrews 11 in comparison to the first verse says, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. God's doing it all. And we get to be part of it. And if you're unconvinced, come look at the park in a few months. Because I didn't pay for any of that. Jesus, thank you for my friends. Thank you for chapel. We pray again for the sick in our community that you would bring your healing. And we thank you for increasing our faith. Even when we don't feel like it's being increased, we are certain that you're moving just below the surface to give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen.